buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you all the way from Australia. I've got Luigi Prestoninzi, and he is the founder and head of growth at Sales IQ Group. We're going to dig into some of the things that he's teaching folks, and we're going to have some great conversations. We were having a ton of fun talking before we hit record here. Luigi, thanks so much for coming on Sales Hustle. Man, Colin, thanks for asking me to be on, man. I'm, I'm pretty pumped to to talk all things sales and um, you know sales improvement, and let's 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 break down some stuff. Let's get shit done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like your attitude. All right, so before we get started and and keep it short, just tell us the short version of how you got into sales, and we'll take it from there, and 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 mostly talk tactical sales stuff so that all the sales hustlers can feel like they learned something today and start to implement that when they go back to the sales floor. Awesome, man. You know, the, 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 the best way for me to describe how I got into sales is that um, if I didn't get into sales, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, I was no good at school. Um, my hands are not designed <laughs> to get dirty. Um, so I couldn't do a trade. <laughs> and so the only thing that I had <laughs> was my hustle and my voice and my tenacity and, um, you know, my drive to go out there and, and, and find my way in the world. And, you know, one of the key roles that doesn't need a, uh, a qualification is sales. And uh, I landed a, a call center job. Um, I mean, I, I did sell before then. Um, at school, I was always hustling, but um, um, some legal and some illegal activities back in the, back in the day. But, um, yeah, but landed myself a job in a contact center and, and uh, the rest was history. So... Um, the lowest end of the of the scale at the time, uh, but I got in, um, started dialing, and the rest is history, man. Wow! All right, so a couple of things you said there. All you had was your voice, your hustle, and or your voice, your hustle, and your tenacity, which are some of the yeah. three, you know, essential things to a good salesperson, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I started in sales over ten years ago, and you know, I was horrible. I was not that good, but I worked really hard and I, you know, had that tenacity and that hustle and, and, uh, like yourself, you know, I didn't have an education. I didn't want to get into a trade because, you know, I can barely, I can barely hang a picture on the wall without it falling <laughs> down. So, uh, you know, doing something with my hands was not an option. Um, you know, and all I had was good old fashioned hard work 
and it sounds like you had you know something very similar. So tell me, some, what are some of the things early on in sales that you learned that are still stick with you today? Um, don't fear rejection, man. Like I think you know, working at a contact center, like we weren't selling SaaS. You know, SaaS is sexy to sell these days, right? It's like a cool thing to be an SDR. But back in the day, man, working in a telemarketing center, kind of like Boiler Room, you know, the movie Boiler Room. Um, you know, we had 80 yeah. people. Um, i never forget this, 80 people in a room, in a small room, old touch tone deep. We didn't have no predictive dollars, nothing like that. Um, we had sheets, um, literally a sheet, a pen, and a phone. Um, we had a spruker at the front. He literally was a spruker. And on the weekends, he was spruiking at the front of shops, right? Um, we were selling phone solutions, like ringing up mum and dads at home going, hey, you know, have you got your bill? We can find a cheaper option. Like, mate, it was it was brutal, man. And it wasn't if, like, um, we didn't even have – we just had an initial and the surname. And a lot of these lists were called before mm. because they had already been um, – they'd already been marked off, right? So, you know, you're calling lists. Um, it's a high commission, so you're getting fuck all sort of um, hourly rate. It's high commission. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you're getting a lot of no's, man. You're not even getting no's. You're getting people telling you literally where to go. Like you're getting hang-ups. It's often say like, you know, people talk about objections in sales. Objections are great because if they've got an objection, then they're going to give you an, they're going to tell you sort of the question that they have before they buy. It's a buying indicator. It's a request for more information before they buy. I can handle that. But a rejection you can't handle because they hang up on you. Mm. You're gone, Right. And so you're making a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a day, and it's manual. None of this, again, none of this predictive dialer. You know that you got you, you got your first name, the surname, the email. You've got a LinkedIn profile. Like you know, salespeople today are absolutely privileged with the access to information that they have about their buyers. Right? Um, you can break down ICP buyer personas. Like it is incredible how much information that we have in front of us. But you know, we literally didn't have that. And so you're making a hundred dollars. You're getting hung up time and time again. You might not speak to anyone for three or four hours. Um, you might just get continued voicemails. And so the first thing, you know, that I learned was you got to be resilient. And, you know, it was a high – the contact center environment mm. had a high level of attrition. A lot of people come in, a lot of people going. Um, I did it door-to-door as well when I did door-to-door sales. Um, some people couldn't hack it. Some people couldn't hack knocking on 100 doors, you know, getting, you know, 80 people not home, a couple of people tell you where to go, Um and then for that one or two doors that actually you can engage in. And that was com- completely commission owned. So um, there's a lot to be learned when you're actually doing that hard work, you know, grinding it out and building that level of resilience and creating ways in your mindset to kind of repel what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Uh, you know, I started out similar to yourself where we had a list of names, a phone, and they said, don't use the CRM because it doesn't work. And <laughs> that's what we had, right? So there's something to be said about, you know, being in an environment like that teaches you that tenacity, mm. that hustle, that willingness to just, you know, keep going, build that thick skin, as they say. Do you think that's something that's missing in new newer sellers today is there something that they could do Mm. to build that tenacity and that hustle that they're not getting through the good old-fashioned hard work that a lot of us you know started at absolutely i think there's a lot to be you know there's a lot to be 
I think for me, there's a foundational component that is missing for a lot of sales professionals, and I call them sales professionals, right? Uh, actually, maybe we let's re, let's let's remove that term for a moment. A, a good a good friend of mine, Keen McLaughlin, um, who's an incredible thought leader in in the sales space, focused on win loss. He all, he all often talks about um, anyone can get in sales, but you've got to earn the professional part, right? And the reason why I love that is mm-hmm. because. There are two differences, yeah? There's a difference between um, being in sales and being a salesperson and being a sales professional, right? And the professional part, to get to that part, it takes time. You can't expedite that. You can't go, well, I'm going to skip steps, right? Because um, I'm going to do a little bit of training and I'm going to do, you know, two days, three days, a, a week, two weeks, 100 hours of training and I'm done. It takes time, right? You've got to be able to be in the position where you get knocked on your ass. You've got to be in that position where you're presenting to, you know, an executive team and it goes completely wrong and you lose your shit or, you know, what you wanted to present, you actually couldn't get the words out of your mouth, (laughs) right? Because those are the situations that help you build. It's like another brick that you build on, yeah? Um, Where you get to a door and you finally knock on the door. And And most salesperson... Yeah, and most salespeople are so stubborn that they've got to make those mistakes or mm. doing things the wrong way till they're going to learn to change or do something different. Absolutely. Like you can follow, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of playbooks, right? I'm a big fan of breaking down the sales process and having a guide, right? Like there is a there is, you know, you can you can process map anything and that's one of the things that I do really well is I process map. I kind of have a big picture understanding of from the point of awareness, from that point of that digital engagement, it happens, you know, because a lot of companies are doing inbound. We work with businesses that are spending, you know, two, three, four, half a million dollars a month on inbound. Um, and, you know, they're getting poor conversions and we help them with that conversion rate optimization component. And we do that by mapping the process and really thinking about what is the road to sale? What does it look like? What are the cadence steps, et cetera? And how do we build a predictable model that helps salespeople know how do I take them from point of awareness to point of sale? But there's a big but to that, right? Is no matter how, you know, how you script it, you can give them a perfect process. The the reality is there's a level of intuition that needs to occur to guide the person through the buying process, right? We can't force them. um, We can't push them. And what what are some of the biggest missing, what are some of the biggest missing pieces in that playbook when you're working with somebody who, you know, is getting a ton of inbound, not converting, or just really missing the mark or hasn't cracked the code on outbound? Yeah. So, you know, I have a methodology you've got to apply outbound to inbound, right? Is that doesn't matter if the leads come in. If somebody's, you know, shown a little bit of intent, it doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to buy and the reality is the data shows us, you know, Telfar School of Management did an incredible report that it takes about, you know, nine to 13 attempts. 80% of inbound leads require nine to 13 touch points before they actually can, can get engaged, right? You've got, to apply, you've got to apply a level of outbound. You've got to apply that tenacity. You've got to apply that mindset that we've spoken about. But the reality is in order to take a playbook and actually enrich it and turn it into reality, you've got to execute it and you've got to learn the, 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 there's nuances that occur, there's mistakes that occur that enable you to go, okay, now I need to know what I have to do differently. And execution, you cannot train execution, right? 
so you can simulate, you can role play, and everybody should be doing that. If sales pros aren't rehearsing before a presentation, if they aren't rehearsing before they start the week, if they're not listening to their calls daily to, to, to identify that conscious awareness point of what they're not doing or the type of questions that they're not asking or the closed questions versus open questions. Like, mm. again, salespeople today, in my opinion, they are privileged that they don't even know that they're privileged. You've got chorus.ai, you've got Gong, you've got, you know, um, predictive dollars that record the calls. They add the calls to Salesforce. They can literally go back and review just like, you know, your, your, your elite athletes can. They can review their performance and find that level of intuition that they might have missed because they might not be consciously aware that they're asking closed questions. But if they don't go back to listen, right. they won't identify that and identify, oh, shit, you know what? I've asked too many closed questions. I'm interrogating the prospect. I'm not actually able to get him to open up. It's not because of him. It's because of me. And so this is where I say, you know, as a sales professional, if you want to be the best, if you want to be in that top 1%, it's there for the taking. It's not your boss's job to coach you on that. It's not the company's job to train you on that. Go and find that information yourself. If you haven't got a dialer, record the calls yourself, right? There's apps that help you do that. Mm. You find, you, you, Take, your taking ownership that. taking ownership in your your development because a lot of people, I think, fall into the trap of – only relying on maybe the resources that they have from within mm. inside their their organization and not taking ownership of their development and going outside or thinking outside of the box or listening to podcasts, following people that are putting Absolutely, out content, yeah. hiring outside coaches, taking courses, recording those calls, you know, the, the replaying that 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 game tape like an athlete mm. of the losses is is such valuable information and should really be viewed in a more positive way because it's like, great, okay, I, I, you know, maybe shit the bed on this one here, but what can I learn out of this so it doesn't happen again? Absolutely. Like, you know, I think, again, I go, well, today, you know, we have access. We have immediate access to information. We've got YouTube. We've got, um, you know, podcasts. You And it's free, man, right? The thing is it, you don't even have to pay for this stuff. It's actually free. Um, but you've got to have that intent. And you've got to have that mindset of, you know what, um, I want to, I want to get, I want to be the best I can be. I want to find that extra one percent every single day. Yeah, and if I'm committed to that, and, and again, too many people will focus on the results. I need to make X amount of sales. I need to make X amount of appointments. Um, and we look at the SDRs. Well, SDRs go or BDRs. You know, well, there's all these role titles, man. It's just like so many different titles for a friggin' top of the funnel. You know, their role is to book appointments. And then we measure, companies yeah. measure non-attendance. Let's measure. We, we know that 30% of people aren't going to attend to the second appointment or to the actual discovery call. Like we know, we're measuring lack of attendance. Isn't that telling us something, right? Isn't that telling us that the experience that we're creating in the top of the funnel is not good enough to compel somebody to actually attend that meeting, right? We might not be nurturing them enough. Mm. And again, that takes it back to, you know, why should we chuck a, a 23, 24, 25-year-old fresh out of uni and say, here, go into the SDR world and we want you to talk to C-level executives and book appointments or decision makers and book appointments. And we're going to give you an induction and we're going to expect you to, you know, to, to, to achieve some results. So I think, you know, companies have a greater responsibility to in, invest in their people earlier and also when we're recruiting these people, we should be recruiting them based on what does a career look like 
like a career as a sales professional can be the best career in the world. Like if you can master the art of selling, you can basically do any job, right? Because it's about building better relationships. And that's a key. I think we're missing, we're just missing. You know, when I, when I first started, you know, we looked at intonation, we looked at tone, speed, um, how, to, how to slow down, you know, disc and all that sort of stuff. I speak to so many, so many, you know, sellers that are new to the role that have been doing it for three or four years and this is all foreign to them. You know, this was the basic shit that we did. This is the 101 stuff, the fundamentals of selling. Yeah. So, so it's the responsibility of the organization to invest more in the people from the very beginning Absolutely. to close that gap of that, you know, 30% no show, but also it's the responsibility of the individual to take, you know, take it a little bit more serious and invest in themselves because there's a lot to be said about mindset. There's a lot to be said mm. about the fact that, you know, to show up as your best self professionally, you need to be taking really good care of yourself personally uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. And Colin, you know, when, you know, it's part of just part of my role as well, you know, I've been, been doing a podcast and, um, and outside of that in, in my career, I've got to meet some of the highest performers across various industries in selling and they all share a common characteristics. They don't leave their personal development up to their organization. They own that man. You know, they completely own it. They're accountable for it. Mm. Um, they don't justify why they're not getting it. If they're not getting what they need, they go and find it. You know, and I had the opportunity to work with an organization once that the number one rep was converting ridiculous, man, like 40, between sort of 35 to 50%, right? And um, there was a hospital training about sort of 80 people. And um, I'll never forget this. The top performer seeked me out, knowing that we've got a new coach, we've got a new sales um, practitioner coming on the floor. She seeked me out, said, can you sit with me for a day see what I'm doing and tell me what I can do to improve. Now, she's already the top performer, right, by far. Mm. Yet the bottom to middle performers had a barrier. They didn't want to talk to me. They were like, well, why, why, why do we need this? Why do we need some help? I've been doing this for 10 years. And that is the difference. Mm. High performers seek out. Yeah, and this is common. Especially, it's, it's, it's common for... Yeah, it's common for salespeople that have been in sales for a while to think that they've now figured it out. They now know it all. And as soon as you get to a place where you're no longer willing and open to learn or get better, you are yeah. screwed, man. Mate, you're done. You don't have that. When I tell, I tell, I often say to sales pros, no, maybe sales pros, but people that have, that, that have come to that point where they're like, I've got nothing to learn. This is all, you know, and I do all this already. When they've got that fixed mindset, I'm like, dude, it's probably time for you to change careers, man, because you've hit a ceiling. And if you're not prepared to open that mindset of growth, you're done. Now, um, you know, that sounds a bit brutal, but for me, they're, they're limiting their growth opportunity. And the reality is the world is changing. Look, selling, in my opinion, hasn't changed. The fundamentals of selling are still the same from the day that people traded, you know, milk for hay right before currency. When you look at the old books of Og Mandino and you talk, you, you know, you hear some of the, the early writings of Earl Nightingale and Napoleon Hill, the philosophies of selling and mindset have not changed. It's the technology that we use has changed, right? And the way in which we engage with our prospects has, has mm. rapidly changed. And the reality is that change is going to continue to, to occur. Right, and if sales pros or if sales people aren't open to embracing that change and finding that you know every day is an opportunity to improve, then they're in a lot of trouble. 
they're the ones that are going to be find themselves that they probably won't have a job in two or three times in two or three years. And that's going to be the difference, you know? Right. And so, you know, right. yes, they're already saying that I can't remember. I saw, I saw some, a report of, of how many roles are going to be automated in selling, but this is the, this is the opportunity, right? Most I've done some, some pretty good size sales, um, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 mil. And most of the the biggest deals I ever did were non-budgeted deals that were unsolicited mm. um, opportunities. They didn't come to me saying we need X. I engage with them early in the buying process. I help them create a business case, a compelling reason to take action and work with them. And these are C-level you know, massive opportunities, T1 News Corporation, huge organization. You know, I worked with them and their executive team to formulate a business case for them to take action. And unbudgeted, we had to go and get the budget for it, right? And the reality is great sellers will be able to help organizations identify an unrecognized need that a robot can't, that an automated platform can't. Mm -hmm. The only way that sellers can do that is by committing to the craft of developing their skills so they can continue to find value and create value with opportunities and literally from the palm of their hands. Um, and that's what's going to separate them from the rest, right? Yeah. It w- I mean, it would be like an athlete saying, I don't need to practice anymore. You're done, man. <laughs> I'll just show up. I'll just show up on game day. You know, if, 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 if that's <laughs> just show right, up on LeBron, game day, see, right. see what happens. You know, if, if Le, look, like if, if Le, you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, um, what he's getting, you know, late thirties now, and he trains more because he knows that in order to compete, he's got to actually put in more work. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I'm a big soccer fan, man. You know, 38 years old, the guy's a freak, man. He's doing shit twenty year olds can't do. But why? Because he, he's, he's actually relentless in his focus in training and, and, and keeping himself. You know, he's finding that 1% um, and, and trying to find that extra that his competitors haven't got, right? And, and we've got a singular. And the only person you compete with in sales, sales is yourself. That's it. There is no competition out there, right? We live in a world of abundance. Mm. What, we, we, we have an incredible opportunity that this pandemic has created for us is that the you know the laws of geography have been broken, right? Everybody is comfortable to jump on Zoom now and sell across borders, cross country, cross regions. We literally live in a world of abundance. If your market's smashed right now due to due to lockdowns, find a market that's open, right? There is no limit to the opportunities that you can find. So again, the only comp- competitor yeah, you have, yeah, is the I mean, are you going to sit around? You're going to sit around and make excuses, or are you going to? Right. Right. Mm. Well, I think that we've got some, some great points there. You know, I think sales hustlers, if you're listening, you know, take ownership of your development, go outside and always stay open-minded and willing to get better each day. If you really want to be a sales professional and get better at your craft, Luigi, thanks so much for coming on today. Please tell all the sales hustlers that are tuning in where they can find out more about you and what you have for them. Yeah, awesome, Colin. Uh, so, look, I'm, I'm, I try to be active on LinkedIn. So, jump on LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn, um, type in Luigi. I should be the first one that comes up. 
um, and just connect with me, reach out, connect. I've got a podcast, the Sales IQ podcast, um, and we've got some incredible guests. So, uh, you know, pre- please subscribe to that and listen to it and see if you like it. And if you like it, um, we'd love to, to have you as a listener. And uh, we'll also share with you, Colin, a link to um, a, a free uh, online course from Tony Hughes, one of our one of our um, one of our founders, um, Tony J Hughes, and uh, it's an incredible uh, course um, that will help you know you sell during tough times. So we'll we'll give you the link so you can share that, um, and people can just literally download it and and, and and jump in. Awesome. We will include the links in the show notes for you, sales hustlers. If you're tuning in, uh, please give us your feedback, write us a review, share with your friends. We are listening. The show's all about you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.